Hello, and welcome to the podcast version of COS Live. You can watch the original live broadcast on Convention of States Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. And now, here's COS Live. Welcome to a special edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. In a few moments, we are expecting to hear, uh, we're expecting a hearing from the Idaho Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee considering our Article 5 application calling for a convention of states. You'll hear this referred to as SCR 112. So we're going to be listening to that in just a few moments when the hearing begins. Begins. 19 states have already passed our convention of states resolution, our Article 5 application, which would propose amendments to the U.S. Constitution under three topics, fiscal restraints, term limits, and limits on federal power, scope, and jurisdiction. We need 34 states to call a convention. 34 states need to pass identical applications to call for a convention under the same subject matter. Just 15 more states need to pass our Article 5 application for us to go to a convention. Currently, there are 17 states that have introduced our resolution this year. 17 states have introduced the Convention of States resolution for consideration. Idaho became one of those states on Monday. So how did we get to this point where Idaho is about to hear a Convention of States, uh, hear about the Convention of States resolution? Uh, Idaho citizens are active. They're engaged and they are busy building relationships with people in their community and with state representatives. More than 27,000 Idahoans have signed the Convention of States petition, asking their state legislator to vote yes on COS. You can expect some of those people to be in attendance in this committee hearing today. Several of them will be giving testimony in support of Convention of States and our Article 5 application, and you'll see them wearing their COS buttons and wearing their COS shirts. COS Action's Senior Advisor Rick Santorum is expected to give expert testimony. Make sure that you stay tuned after the vote because we are hoping to get a recap on some on-the-ground reaction from Regional Director Catherine Zamanik. So we're still waiting for the hearing to go live. It should be happening any moment. So before we go to that, there are 19 states that have passed the resolution so far. 19 states have called for an Article 5 Convention of States. Those states are Georgia, Alaska, Alabama, Florida, Indiana, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Tennessee, North Dakota, Arizona, Missouri, Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi, Utah, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and West Virginia, West Virginia and South Carolina. Hopefully, Idaho can join her sister states in passing the uh, Convention of States resolution. It looks like the committee hearing is just about to begin. The live feed opened up. So we're going to go over to that committee hearing now. Please don't go away after the vote because we're going to have an on-the-ground report from Catherine Zamonic after the vote is has taken place. We're going to go to this committee hearing now. Welcome, everyone. We're going to call the Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee to order. Uh, We do very much appreciate everybody being here with us today. Uh, We do have a little bit of overflow um, in the Lincoln Auditorium. Uh, There might, I don't know if there's any seats left. We've got a pretty full room, which is great. Um, I will be uh, turning the chair over to our good uh, Vice Chairman, Senator Foreman. uh, And since I will be presenting the bill, and uh, I know he'll try to get through as many as we can. We do have a hard stop at three o'clock. So with that, Senator, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, welcome, everybody. Looks like we have a 
a full house. That's good. Glad to see the interest. Uh, this is on SCR 112 Senate concurrent resolution relating to an application to Congress to call for a convention of states under Article 5. A uh, little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Uh, I'm going to alternate <clears throat> pros and cons to keep it fair. We're going to try to get as many people as we can to testify. Uh, remember, this, this is your house. You own it, and we work for you. So when you come up to testify, please don't be hesitant to say what you really want to say. You have every right to express yourself. All I ask is that try to be civil about it and uh, try to stick to the two-minute time limit because we want to get as many people through uh, as we can. So with that, looks like uh, we'll have opening remarks, presentation from Senator Lakey. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, um, committee members. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be um, in front of you and with you. Uh, Todd Lakey, State Senator from District 23. And I think Senator Hartgen uh, described it best when he came in. This is kind of like a wedding. We have family on both sides of the aisle. Um, we're all here for uh, a good purpose. So, uh, Senators, I always start when I'm talking about Article 5 with the fact that our founding fathers were inspired as they developed our United States Constitution. They were blessed with a collective wisdom that is reflected in that document. Our Constitution has been emulated and used as a basis for government around the world since its inception. The founders were a group of representatives from the various states striving to find a right balance. They recognized the need for a limited federal government with a strong recognition of the state's rights. The 10th Amendment is reflective of that. The powers not given to the federal government are retained by the states and the people. In their wisdom, the founding fathers gave us Article 5 in the Constitution. And that provides two ways to amend our Constitution. First, Congress can propose amendments to the Constitution. And second, the states have the right to apply to have a convention to propose amendments to the Constitution upon the application of two-thirds of the states. Among our founders, one of the original delegates was George Mason of Virginia, and he foresaw our day. He noted that Congress might become abusive or exceed its powers. It might refuse to adopt a necessary or desirable amendment to the Constitution, particularly one that curbed its own authority. Our founders discussed the need for a congressional bypass in addition to just Congress proposing amendments. That's what's included in Article 5. I think, Senators, that we are in the day that was foreseen by our founding fathers, where the federal government has grown their authority and control so far beyond the proper balance envisioned by our framers and in our Constitution that action needs to be taken by the states as provided in the Constitution. This resolution provides for three topics. Uh, first is fiscal restraint, and commonly referred to as the balanced budget, but it can be a little bit more than that as described. You all know that the federal government is out of control in spending. Uh, we're borrowing money to pay debt on money that we borrowed. And if you watch the um, federal debt calculator, it goes up by a million dollars every 30 seconds. So that's an important topic. The second is federal jurisdiction. And frankly, senators, as I've been watching, that's one of the most important because that can be the basis of a lot of the other problems that we have. 
that overextension and overreach of federal jurisdiction. And then the third is term limits. That's third on my list um, of the three, but it merits a discussion um, at the federal level. And our constituents want us to address and discuss that issue. As I said, these are important issues that our, con our constituents want to be discussed and addressed. Uh, these Convention of States folks as an organization, uh, many of them are in, in the room today, they're very grassroots driven as I've watched them and worked with them over the years. I have over a thousand constituents in my district that support this and want this to happen. Congress has demonstrated the inability to control itself and take corrective action, regardless of who's in office. Again, Article 5 provides for the opportunity for the states to exercise that authority that they're granted in the Constitution. Congress can propose amendments if two-thirds of the body uh, propose it. There's still a three-fourths ratification requirement on them. If two-thirds of the states call the convention, we still have to get three-fourths of the states to ratify whatever comes out of that. And that ratification, even the two-thirds is a high bar, but the ratification of three-fourths is a particularly high bar. And it should be because we're talking about amending our constitution in a way the founding fathers intended. The process is built so there's not a realistic expectation or threat of a runaway convention or ratification of such proposed amendments that are extreme. You know the easiest thing for a legislature to do is kill a bill. And you have to get three-fourths of the states to ratify whatever comes out. Again, this is a workaround Congress. Congress's role is limited. They receive the resolutions from the states. They make sure they're consistent that we have the two-thirds. And if we do, then Congress is required to call the Convention of States. They designate a time and a place. That's it. The states meet, they control the process, and they do their work. This summer, Senators, I had an opportunity to serve um, as the chairman of Idaho's delegation to a simulated convention that was held in Virginia. Um, it was myself, Representative Joe Alfieri, and Representative Mike Kingsley. And that experience really solidified my commitment to the three topics uh, that we have in Article 5. I started out years ago as a balanced budget advocate because of the need that we have. But as time passed, I realized that the balanced budget is not enough. It's very important, but we need to be able to address the scope of problems that we have in the federal government. If you don't address jurisdiction, the federal government can balance the budget on the unfunded backs of the states, or it can simply in increase taxes to fund the overextended and overgrown federal government. The single subjects are good, I'll, and I'll support them, but they're not enough to allow the states to truly try and resolve the actual scope of what needs to be considered and addressed. We have to be able to address the aspects regarding jurisdiction, which can be the root of the problem. So, Senator, just a little bit, give you a flavor of, of my participation in that simulated convention. We met, um, when we met, we uh, had delegations from 49 of the 50 states. And we started by electing the chairman of the delegation. We established committees based on those three topics that are in the call and the resolution. I was on the fiscal restraint committee. And I also was designated to work on a subcommittee that came up with a specific language for the proposed balanced budget amendment that was ultimately passed by the committee and then adopted on the floor. But there were recommendations from all three committees that came to the floor. The delegates held each other accountable throughout the process. All proposals were debated 
There was lively but respectful debate. Several proposals were amended, some were rejected, and ultimately some were adopted on all three of the topics. But they took, the delegates took the process seriously. They kept in mind the requirement that we have to have three-fourths to ratify. And so that helped guide the process on what the outcome of the product was because we needed, we wanted to do something that had an opportunity for ratification. So just an example of some of the things that came out, senators. Um, I talked about the, the balanced budget, but on the federal jurisdiction side, uh, we passed a, a proposed amendment that provides legal standing to the states to challenge the constitutionality of federal action or congressional action. That's a hurdle that states cannot overcome in some cases. Also, a proposed amendment clarifying and narrowing the Commerce Clause and the definition of navigable waters. We fixed the Supreme Court uh, justices at nine. We provided uh, for more state control of public lands, and then we addressed term limits in Congress. Senators, this process was very familiar. It felt very familiar. It ran and functioned very similarly, similarly to how we function as a legislature. The delegations consisted or excuse me, the delegates consisted primarily of state legislators. So it made sense that the process felt familiar. But we all understood the process and how it worked. Um, I recognize that it was a condensed process. An actual convention would probably be a couple months instead of a couple days. But it was a process that was founded by our framers of the Constitution, and it worked. Our founders were inspired in the development and adoption of our Constitution. We all believe in the Constitution. And our Constitution provides that the states can exercise their authority to call that convention. I don't think hope for change is proven to be an effective strategy and the problem is getting worse. We need to exercise our authority, Senators. And with that, I'd ask for your support. I'd be happy to stand for questions or let um, those that want to testify today proceed. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator. Committee, any questions for Senator Lakey? Senator Wintrow. Thank you, Mr. Chair and Senator. Um, just one question. Um, so um, as I think about this, when you went to your simulation, are there rules that govern the convention? Where are those? How does that go? Um, maybe you can share a little bit about that. Senator Lakey. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and Senator Wintrow. The rules are adopted by um, the convention. Um, similar Masons um, or Roberts. Um, so it's, again, it's a familiar process that we're used to. The convention itself establishes the rules. Committee, any further questions for Senator Lakey? Thank you. Senator Wintrow. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Mr. Chair and Senator Lakey. It's just, a, again, a logistics question. So how are the members of the convention selected um, and how do we um, deal with kind of the polarizing politicization that's going on right now. Senator Lakey. Sure, Mr. Chairman and Senator Wintrow. So we passed the resolution, then we'll also um, adopt a process for delegate selection, either probably in the form of code or a resolution um, that will provide um, Idaho's methodology for selecting its delegates. Uh, it would enumerate the number of delegates and that process. I anticipate that it would be something akin to um, either the speaker and the pro tem uh, selecting with confirmation of the respective bodies, something along those lines where both the House and the Senate ultimately approve the delegates. Um, so it, again, will be a familiar process. 
Any further questions, committee? Seeing none, thank you, Senator. Did you wish to share your time then with? Uh, uh, we'll just let Mr. Santorum or Senator Santorum take two minutes like everybody else. Okay, so. thank you. Uh, Senator, if you'd like to come up for your two minutes and uh, please introduce yourself, sir. I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but for the record. First, let me apologize <clears throat> for this, uh, for my voice. Um, I've been here in Idaho for three days uh, lobbying senators and House members, and it has taken its toll on me. Um, so I apologize. I uh, apologize for my voice. Um, I'm uh, Rick Santorum, former uh, senator from Pennsylvania, um, and I ran for president and had the opportunity to uh, run for president here in Idaho. And I've signed many pictures of people who were with me at call at uh, um, at Capitol High School when I was here and up in Quarter Lane. And so it's been a been a wonderful time uh, visiting with people. And there are people on both sides of this issue who had me sign those pictures, uh, which is making it even more interesting. Um, and I can sympathize because I was on both sides of this issue. I did not support this issue when I first heard about it, but I came to that understanding having served 16 years in Congress, uh, run for president twice, that uh, things are not going to change if we keep doing what we're doing. And so I'm traveling around the country and coming in front of legislative bodies and I'm asking for your help. Everybody needs somebody to be responsible to. Everybody does. And unfortunately, Washington has no one to be responsible to. Every, everything in Washington, I served there. Nobody comes into my office asking for less money for anything. No one comes in and say, take this out of Washington and send it to somewhere else. Everything, all the media is about how wonderful there are if you do something in Washington. All the signs are to do more. And guess what happens? They do more. And they're going to continue to do more. And they're going to continue to borrow. The founders put you in charge of this country. They did it two ways. One was they allowed you to appoint United States senators who were there to protect your interests. And for 140 years, they did just that. Very little happened in Washington that states didn't like. But that changed. And the country changed and Washington exploded. There's a second provision that you have the power to use and you haven't. And I would just plead with you, if you really do care about how this country is going to survive spending a trillion dollars more every year than they do today and growing power and waving their pens on both sides of the aisle and saying, I'm going to do this and I don't need to worry about Congress or anybody else. And both sides does it then you need to hold them accountable. And so I just plead with you in a horrible voice to, to take your rightful place and represent your constituents and put the checks on Congress that, is, that are necessary. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Committee, any questions for the Senator? Oh, seeing none, thank you, sir, appreciate it. Okay, we're going to go next to a Mr. Jeff Purley, who's a virtual testifier, and he, well, excuse me, no, we're not. We're going to grab somebody who's against here. How about Kendall Shaber in person from Boise? If you'd like to step up, ma'am, introduce yourself, and you can have roughly two minutes. Thanks. Thank you, Chairman Foreman and members of the committee. My name is Kendall Shaber, and I'm speaking on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Idaho and its members statewide. 
The Idaho League is opposed to SCR 112 because there are many unresolved questions about the powers and processes of Article 5 Constitutional Convention. This resolution is dangerous to American democracy and to the U.S. Constitution, which all of you have taken an oath to uphold. Since there is no language in the U.S. Constitution to limit a convention to one issue, the fear of a runaway convention is real. Which hard-fought rights and liberties are you willing to lose? There are no guidelines in the Constitution governing the process. How would delegates actually be selected? How would the American people be represented? What rules would actually apply? What would legal disputes, how would legal disputes be settled? And how would the influence of special interests be limited so the voices of the people could be heard? There are reasons why organizations as disparate as the John Birch Society, the Eagle Forum, the ACLU, and the AFL-CIO actively oppose the idea of Article 5 Constitutional Convention. Perhaps the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia summed it up best in 2014 when he asked, when asked about amending the Constitution, he replied, I certainly would not want a Constitutional Convention. I mean, whoa, who knows what would come out of that? Please say no to the special interest behind this effort to rewrite the U.S. Constitution. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Shaver. Committee, any questions for the speaker? Seeing none, thank you, ma'am, appreciate it. Okay, now we will try for a virtual presenter, Mr. Jeff Purley from Moscow. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Uh, can you hear us all right, sir? Yes, sir. Okay, if you'd be so kind as to introduce yourself to everyone and who you represent, and then we can give you two minutes for your testimony, sir. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm representing the Convention of States. Uh, my name is uh, Jeff Purley. I'm from District 6, and I want to express my thanks to Mr. Chairman and the members of the committee for allowing me to testify or give my testimony today. I lived in Lived and worked in Moscow for over 15 years as an executive operations officer, you know, helping to build a local company from 50 to over 500 employees. Raised uh, my four kids here with my wonderful wife, and uh, we love our Moscow community. Uh, but I have grave concerns about the ever-growing spending and federal power overreach from D.C. Our U.S. legislators seem incapable of reining in their spending and curbing their proclivity to pass laws that erode our rights. I no longer have any hope that they are capable of such self-restraint. The founders placed Article 5 in our Constitution to allow the states to stand up and hold federal legislators and bureaucrats accountable. Founders knew that such power of constitutional amendments would be needed to restrain federal power. From the beginning, they believed that the Constitution would never be accepted as the law of the land without the first 10 amendments, or what we refer to as the Bill of Rights. This was a clear admission that amendments articulating specific limits to federal power would be needed for the states and their citizens to agree to be bound by a federal constitution. Article 5 was drafted for the strict purpose of proposing amendments to the constitution, and that is what's needed to correct our current self-destructive path. $34 trillion in debt, career politicians and their associated corruption, continuing regulations strangling our economic livelihood warrant this significant resolution. It is time for choosing the sovereign states, and more importantly, we, the people of the great state of Idaho, should exercise our rights to restrain the federal government from destroying what Idahoans have worked so hard for. Please vote in favor of SCR 112 
to allow proposal of amendments along the lines of a balanced budget, term limits, and federal overreach. Mr. Chairman and committee members, I thank you again for this opportunity to speak and for your service to Idaho. Thank you, sir. Committee, any questions for Mr. Perling? Seeing none, thank you for your testimony, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Next up, uh, testifying against is uh, McKay Cunningham from Boise. If you'd introduce yourself, sir, and who you represent, and you have two minutes, thank you. Uh, Chairman, committee members, uh, my name is McKay Cunningham. I live in Boise. I'm a constitutional law professor. I stand here now to urge you to revisit and to reject this proposal. I think all of us, mostly in this room, would agree that America is in a place of deep, deep divisions at this time period. I've read more than one historian who has suggested that we have not been this divided since the Civil War, and yet one document remains curiously immune. Uh, one document has the power to continue to unify a disunified people. It's a document to which all of us lay claim. And so the idea of exposing this document to revision, particularly at this time in our history, through such a conviction as proposed by this bill, is ill-advised at best. Today, we've heard proponents suggest that, no, 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 when we get to the convention, it will be limited in its scope. We're just going to add a couple of little amendments with regard to a balanced budget, but I would urge the committee to really look close at the language in this proposed bill, which provides in part that a convention should be called, quote, to limit the power and the jurisdiction of the federal government. Guys, I've been teaching con law for 15 years. Almost every single word in this document deals with the, the power and the jurisdiction of the federal government. We can talk about all of the Bill of Rights. If you want to talk about free speech, free uh, expression, free exercise of religion, on and on, every single one deals with the, the power and the scope of the federal government. So this bill doesn't limit the scope of what can be discussed and changed in our Constitution at this convention. It invites wholesale revision of the document itself at the precise wrong moment for doing so. When Americans are deeply divided and our, our, our Idahoans are not calling for this. In a real sense, this document represents who we are as Americans and risking this identity and our system of representational democracy at this time is ill-advised. Thank you, I'll stand for questions. Thank you, sir. Uh, committee, any questions? Uh, Senator Wintrow. Thank you, Mr. Chair and Professor Cunningham. I think I'm really glad to see you because you're a constitutional law professor, so I do have a couple questions. So I have fo folks that tell me all the time, look, we can put the guardrails on this. We can make sure it happens the way we want it to happen and keep within a narrow uh, scope. Um, and then I hear folks on the other side, no, 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 there are no rules written down anywhere. So maybe you could address that a little bit for me. Yeah, Cunningham. Oh, I apologize, Chair, Senator, thank you. Um, yeah, there, there are no rules in the document itself about how the convention would take place. That's uh, undisputed. We've never had one of these conventions before. This has been amended 27 times. It's never been done in this way. And so to answer your question, Senator, I think the, the first thing that we should do is look to the proposed bill itself. And like I suggested, the, the language is limit the power and the jurisdiction of the federal government. That's all of this, guys. Um, and the second answer is even if it was a much more limited scope, um, we don't have a lot of history to suggest that the convention would abide by 
the, that, that scope. In 1787, and I'll be done in just a second, but in 1787, 55 men gathered in Philadelphia. They were supposed to just amend the Articles of Confederation. They didn't. They closed the doors. They drew up the sash. And what they did is scrap that document altogether, and they started over, including how you ratify. The Articles of Confederation had to be ratified by all 13 states. And they changed the ratification process to just make it three-fourths. Why couldn't that happen again? Follow-up, Senator. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, Mr. Chair and Professor. I'm sorry to keep you up there, but quickly. Um, so I'm just going to be transparent. Um, I'm in the minority party here. And so I'm wondering how my interests would be represented uh, going forward. And I guess the biggest concern for me is in a state, in a country that is so... Um, fraught with division, how do we ensure that there is equal representation so not one party or the other is overrepresented to push? Like, for example, I want the ERA in there, but many people do not. <laughs> so how, how, do, how, how do we limit that or how do we um, deal with that? Professor? Senator, thank you for the question. Uh, I think that's a really great question. In 2017, eight years ago, I was standing at the same podium talking about this exact same issue, uh, and the crowd was, was filled with people asking the committee not to go forward with this. And I think one of the animating reasons is because we don't know how to protect uh, minorities and people who have otherwise been marginalized in our community better than we have right now. One of the things that it brings up is who is pushing for this? Uh, who was who really pushing for this Article 5 Convention of the States? Um, and I think that question it, it answers part of my inquiry about what is really going on here. Thank you, sir. Senator Hart. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Professor Cunningham, if we could accomplish one thing, and that one thing was to prevent the federal government from using a debt-based money system to create money out of thin air, how much would that um, restrict the power of the federal government. Professor. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Uh, Senator, how much would it restrict the power of the federal government if we were to just include a balanced budget type amendment to the Constitution? Is that the question, sir? Partly, but, but the money that is spent is created out of thin air, so there's no sidebars on the amount of money that can be created. So they have an unlimited well of money that they can create out of nothing to use to spend on their program. So if we could restrict them to say an asset-based money system, which I think is what the constitution uh, requires, how much would that limit the power of the federal government? <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I would presume that it would uh, be a very big limitation on the power of the government. We did hear a speaker previously suggest that it may not be. Uh, because the, the the federal government could create other ways of, uh, of printing money, but I I don't know that I can answer that question with accuracy. I apologize. Thank you, Professor, for your testimony. Appreciate it. We go to Andrew Anderson in person, and he's testifying for. He's most likely in the other room. We'll give him just a couple seconds to uh, to come over. Again, that's Andrew Anderson. Looks like troopers are going to check on him. So, fact, while we're waiting for him, let me go to the next person for it's Robert Baker, virtual presenter. We'll grab Mr. Anderson right after this. 
Mr. Anderson, we'll grab you right after this current. Thanks. Mr. Baker, can you hear the committee? Hi, Mr. Baker, can you hear us all right? Yes, certainly okay. can. We can hear you. If you would uh, be so kind as to introduce yourself, sir, and you have two minutes. Thank you. My name is Robert Baker. I am a Convention of States volunteer and resident of Legislative District 23. I have a degree in economics from Pacific Lutheran University. I'm a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor. Thank you, Chairman Foreman and committee members for allowing me to speak about the Article 5 Convention of States Resolution, SCR 112. I am convinced that America has more inflation and higher interest rates on the way. Interest rates are a pricing mechanism for debt. Our current debt is $34 trillion. The Congressional Budget Office reports that interest rate expense for the fiscal year 22-23 was $406 billion. Currently, the interest expense is $1.8 billion a day or $657 billion per year. Excessive deficit spending and debt causes interest rates to rise. As Congress overspends, our credit rating will fall and interest rates will rise even further. Interest is our nation's fourth highest expenditure and we borrow to pay it. Much of our debt is owed to foreign countries and the Federal Reserve. Ultimately, the debtor is slave to the creditor. The last annual budget surplus was in 2001. Congress has overspent wildly ever since. In the year 2000, the great generation passed on a debt to GDP ratio to us of 55% manageable. We baby boomers will soon pass on to our children a debt to GDP ratio of 125% and rising. What an irresponsible thing to do. It's time to stop America's reckless overspending. Congress has proven that they are unable to stop the overspending. No one will be able to say we didn't know about the problem because we do. And no one would be able to say we couldn't do anything about it because we can. An Article 5 Convention of States will address and solve the issue. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and committee for listening to my views. Thank you, Mr. Baker. Committee, any questions? Seeing none. Thank you for your testimony, sir. Now we go to uh, Mr. Anderson. Yes. Who's also testifying for. Sir, if you'd introduce yourself and who you represent, and we can give you two minutes today. Thank you. Yeah, uh, my name is Andrew Anderson. I live in Garden Valley, Idaho. Um, I am here in favor of a convention of states. I'm a native Idahoan, a father, a musician, and a Christian. I've served, I've served this state and my community as a corrections officer and volunteer firefighter. And I'm here today because I'm deeply concerned for the future of our great republic. And I would ask that the committee vote in favor of this. Um, I was not aware of the two minute timeline, so I'm gonna kind of jump around, but I provided a copy of this entire statement. Um, so in the book of Exodus, Moses is told by God to speak to a rock so that it will bring forth water. Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, strikes it with his staff. He used force instead of the words God told him to use. And as a consequence for that use of force, Moses died before Israel entered the promised land. I think that our nation is at, it's already been talked about the division and, and the chaos that's occurring. Often we have heard talk about how if the federal government really gets out of hand, that we always have those second amendment remedies. And I'm a gun guy and I do believe that the second amendment is a last resort option against tyrants. Um, but our founders provided us with another option. And I think that we owe it to our children and to our founders 
and to the future of this country to give this serious consideration. And so at, at a minimum, I would ask that you guys will at least continue this debate and have further conversation and debate on it. And I'll end there. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. Committee, any questions? Thank you, sir. Appreciate your testimony. Next, we'll go to Christy Zitto, who's testifying against. She will be virtual. Okay. Can you hear me good? We can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear us all right? I can. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee. I'm Christy Zitto, and I serve as a volunteer political advisor for the Idaho Second Amendment Alliance. Our organization stands firmly against SCR 112. While we do not oppose the founders' intent of the Convention of States, we oppose one being held in the current political environment for a variety of reasons, and in particular, concerns over potential threats to the Second Amendment. There, <laughs> is there a threat to the Second Amendment during a Convention of States? The answer is unequivocally yes. California's governor is already trying to propose an attack on the Second Amendment that threatens the Second Amendment. People would ask us, do you believe that 38 states would ratify an amendment that threatens the Second Amendment? Our response is yes. Depending on the wording and what it did, we believe that infringements on the Second Amendment would pass. In Idaho, for example, we have massive government overreach and we have seen it be achieved in the reddest of states. Not even far left groups and media thought that Idaho would pass Medicaid expansion through the ballot initiative, but we did and the legislature went along with it. Given this fact, we believe that an amendment, an amendment attacking the second amendment written very vaguely would pass. The likelihood that Michael Bloomberg and other billionaires would drop massive amounts of money on dishonest ads in Idaho, pushing for the ratification of an amendment to infringe on the second, and we believe it would pass. Those of us who understand the ramifications of these actions would likely not have the resources to fight it. Also, God forbid a mass shooting happen at the time when the states are deliberating the ratification of an amendment that would infringe on the second. What role would that play in jeopardizing our right to keep and bear arms? For these reasons, we do not believe that a convention of states would help our country as those proposing it say it would, and that a convention of states would pose a risk to our freedom far greater than any potential reward. We don't believe that all those who want a convention of states intend to harm the Second Amendment, but sadly, we have no control over the process. What is to stop the convention from getting out of control? We urge the committee to vote against SCR 112. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, ma'am, for your testimony. Committee, any questions? Seeing none. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate your testimony. Thank you. Next, we go to Debbie Delaney testifying for in person. If you'd introduce yourself, ma'am, and uh, you have two minutes. Thank you. My name is Debbie Delaney, and I live in Parma, District 9. Mr. Chairman and members of the committee, thank you for your service, and thank you for allowing me to speak. I taught special ed preschool for 25 years in Wilder, which I loved. Being with the little ones and getting to know their families were my happy place. However, I retired early because the Fed decided I should do paperwork instead of interacting with and teaching kids. My expertise in paperwork is what they thought was important. 
This is when I began to realize that the federal government was too powerful and we the people must take back control of our state and our lives. I support Convention of States resolution because I want my grandchildren who are 19 and 21 to experience the life I did at their age. I want them to look forward to owning a home without working multiple jobs. I want them to be able to speak their minds without being censored. Simply put, I want the government to play a much smaller role in our lives. As a volunteer for a Convention of States, I have become much more knowledgeable about politics and I don't like what I see. I see governmental overreach when federal grants are awarded with strings attached. I see the federal government tell Idaho how to use our land. I see power and control by members of Congress increasing the longer they stay in Washington, D.C. I know the 3,000-page Constitution followed by the government today is not the one envisioned by our founders when they pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. Passage of the Convention of States resolution will be the first step toward taking control away from the government and giving it back to the people. Thank you for your time, and I pray you consider voting yes on our resolution SCR 112. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Committee, any questions? I'm seeing none. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. your testimony. Uh, Dorothy Moon, I didn't see you on my list, but I know you told me you wanted to, to testify. Okay, I'm just, I'm, okay. You're, you're next up to testify against. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, chairman and committee, thank you so much for giving me some time. I'm here to speak as the Idaho Republican Party chairwoman and also as an individual uh, who is opposed to the Article 5. Uh, in 2012, the Republican National Committee passed a resolution that they stand against the Article 5. I called legal counsel just to make sure, does that resolution still stand? Unless it is repealed, yes, it stands. So as of this moment in time, the Republican National Committee is against this uh, Article 5 or anything similar. I'm not going to go through all the whereases. I will email all of you this resolution for your records. Uh, I would just end with the last whereas and resolved. Whereas the Constitution of the United States is a timeless document, which by limiting the powers of the government, it created and guaranteeing the freedom and opportunity of the citizens for whom it was created, has produced the best and most productive nation in the history of the world. Now be it resolved that the Republican National Committee strongly opposes the convening of a convention for the purpose of proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States for the reason that the risk of loss far exceeds the possibility of gain from such an uncontrolled and uncontrollable proceeding. I would also like to add that I made a statement that turning to a convention during the times of national crisis is not the answer. Our country is in a rough place right now and perhaps the worst since the Civil War. Spending is out of control, the southern border is a wreck, and this Congress seems to be unable and willing to rein in deep state swamp and funding. What can we do to save this country we all love? And some look to an Article 5 convention. But you know, the risk of a runaway has been mentioned. But I think one of the big parts I'd like to mention, because I'm going to run out of time, is that next question is, who would we send to a convention of states? Who would be the stalwart conservatives who refuse to give an inch when it comes to protecting our liberties? Or who would be moderates who would be willing to compromise with delegates from blue states to get something done? We simply don't know. We do not have the James Madisons that we had before. And right now is a dangerous time to even endeavor with an Article 5. Uh, I stand for questions, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, ma'am. Committee, any questions? 
Seeing none, thank you very much thank for you, your testimony. Thank you, Chairman and Committee. Appreciate it. Okay, next we go to Tracy Grant, virtual testifier, testifying for. Tracy, can you hear the committee all right? Can you hear I can. us all right, sir? Can you hear me? We hear you loud and clear. If you would introduce yourself, sir, uh, we can give you two minutes for your testimony today. Thank you. All right, thank you. Mr. Chairman and members of the committee, thank you for your time today and for your service to Idaho. My name is Tracy Grant and I live in Orofino District 2. I have 45 years experience in law enforcement and I'm a minister currently for the Clearwater Valley Church of God in Orofino. Today, you had the opportunity to change the downward trend of the United States out of control federal government. We are failing as a nation on many levels and the political class in D.C. is not willing, for many reasons, to stop the death spiral of this country. The founders knew the danger of an out-of-control, bloated, authoritarian government with federal agencies running roughshod over the American people. Currently, there is no justice in this land. And my only example needed is to mention the citizens of Jan January 6th, J6. Lawfare is everywhere in the federal government and even in state and county government. I could go on, but you get the point. Some additional problems to correct. As already stated, we are at $34 trillion in debt and climbing at a trillion dollars every 100 days. And we have 160 to $300 trillion of unfunded debt liabilities. That is the death of America alone. No politician has demonstrated the will to stop spending the money that the U.S. government just does not have. The spending must stop. A balanced budget amendment is needed. Also, term limits for all politicians. The D.C. political class will never vote themselves out of office. Same for the U.S. Supreme Court. Eight to 12 year terms and then go back home. If you served in D.C., you should never be a lobbyist. Stop all insider trading of U.S. politicians. Border states should have the right to enforce their own borders against criminal invaders. All states have the right to deport criminal invaders with state, county, and city law enforcement officers. I am saddened that my state of Idaho has not signed on board yet to an Article 5 Convention of States. Please, for the sake of our children and grandchildren, get on board. Thank you for your time and consideration. Appreciate it. Committee, any questions? Seeing none, thanks for your testimony, Mr. Grant. We appreciate it. Next, we'll go to Jean Mollenkoff Moore in person from Boise testifying against. How'd you introduce yourself, ma'am? And we yes, can give you two I'm minutes. Jean Mollenkoff Moore. I'm a resident of Boise County. I am representing myself and my grandfathers no longer with us who fought for 10 bloody years for this nation in the Revolutionary War. They would be turning in their graves over the very thought of an Article 5 convention. Article 5 does not lay out the process for a convention. It provides two methods to propose amendments to the Constitution, either by a two-thirds of each chamber of Congress or by a convention called by Congress at the request of two-thirds of the states. 
The purpose of Article 5 is to correct errors or defects in the Constitution. Can you specify any errors within the Constitution? Can you? It's not the Constitution that's the problem. It's our elected officials' lack of adherence to it that is the problem. If Congress is at fault, then focus on fixing Congress by electing new lawmakers who will actually enforce the Constitution as written rather than usurp it. We don't know yet who the delegates would be. That is as risky as going to court and not knowing who your lawyer will be. If your state legislature applies to Congress to call a convention and don't know who the delegates will be, do you really want Congress determining how the delegates will be selected? Suppose state legislatures appoint the delegates? First, nothing in Article 5 guarantees that. Second, if it was, do you really trust state legislators to represent you at a convention? I, for one, watch closely the voting records of the senators and representatives in our state. And as a conservative, I would not risk our Constitution in their hands. I thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Committee, any questions? Seeing none, thank you, ma'am, for your testimony. Next, we are going to go to... Janice, Janice Healthman from Eagle testifying for. Thank you, ma'am. If you'd introduce yourself, you have two minutes. Yes, thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee, thank you for your time today and for your service to Idaho. I'm Janice Healthman, and I live in Eagle, District 14. When I began as the volunteer Idaho State Director for Convention of States, the national debt was $21 trillion. Now, seven years later, it has topped 34 trillion with interest at $276 per second. We must now print it, digitize it, or borrow it from China, but we continue to spend it, leading to more debt and inflation. This is unacceptable. Also unacceptable are abuses of state sovereignty, land use, private property use rights, and more. DC regulates matters it has no business controlling, creating a massive imbalance between federal and state power. It does not have to be this way, but who decides? Will we continue to allow DC to decide how to protect our country, to decide what is hateful, what is true, to decide what is important to Idaho? We the people have learned that just voting is not the solution. Convention of States is not a right or left issue. It's about states' rights versus centralized DC power. It is about who decides. Will it be we the people using a system of checks and balances or the elites who enrich and empower themselves? I don't have children. I'm here today because I'm concerned about what kind of country your children and grandchildren will have. I fear we will fail to use the only legal means to end the tyranny, fiscal insanity, and eternal political careers that will affect their future. I hope to restore the Constitution's original intent, safeguarding the principles that have defined our nation. Over 27,000 of your constituents who supported 
a convention of states, agree. Please give we the people an opportunity to help save our country with your vote for SCR 112. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Committee, any questions? Hearing none, thank you for your testimony, ma'am. Next up, Mr. Steve Moore from Boise, testifying in person against. You would introduce yourself, sir, and you have your two minutes. Thank you, Stephen Moore. I live in Boise County. Uh, chairman, committee members, thank you for the opportunity to testify on SCR 112, Article 5 Convention of States. At the Philadelphia Convention in 1787, the delegates from 13 or 12 of the 13 states gathered for the last convention we've had. Many of the de delegates admitted they did not follow the authority of their state's commissions. With our country so divided and polarized, how do we know that any instructions given by the state will be followed by the convention or at the convention? How can we, the people, be guaranteed that the convention will not throw out our current constitution and write a complete new and opposite constitution? Would we continue to enjoy the Second Amendment? Better yet, would we have the First Amendment at all? Exactly who will represent Idaho? How many citizens will be elected or appointed? How much influence would some have over the participants? These are questions that aren't answered in the convention. Don't be fooled. I don't believe that the good intentions will be followed as there are many devious forces out there ready to change our constitution into a worthless piece of paper, limiting the citizens to government granted rights, not our God-given rights granted by the Declaration of Independence. Please vote no on SCR 112. Thank you, sir. Committee, any questions? Hearing none. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your testimony. Next, we'll go to uh, Mr. Harpster, Neil Harpster from Twin Falls. If you could introduce yourself, sir, and I have two minutes for your testimony. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee. Thank you for allowing me to testify today. My name is Neil Harpster. I live in District 25, Twin Falls. I am a U.S. Coast Guard veteran, an ex-corporate manager in food processing companies, one of which is in Twin Falls, and a retired realtor. Our national problems are obvious. Most of these problems are a result of human lust for power and greed. Currently, individuals can cement their financial fortunes through long-term occupancy in federal positions. In doing so, they have perverted the founders' concept of government of the people, by the people, and for the people. This perversion results in voters having very little input as to the selection of federal candidates and issues. The Convention of States Action proposes amendments to the U.S. Constitution by way of Article 5 of that document addressing the issue of A, federal term limits, B, impose fiscal restraints, and C, the size and power of the federal government. 
and is done in a comprehensive manner because all of these issues are connected. Of these issues, I think that people who stay in federal power too long do tremendous damage to our republic. Thus, the need for a convention of states that bypasses the federal legislature. We, the volunteers of the Convention of States Action and our supporters respectfully request your vote to support the resolution SCR 112 to authorize an Article of Five Convention of States. In my opinion, the choice ahead is that of a peaceful return to founding principles or a progressive slide into tyranny. You make the choice. Thank you, sir. Providence is waiting. Thank you, appreciate it. Thank uh, you for letting me testify. You're very welcome. Committee, any questions? Seeing none, thanks again, sir. We go to Gloria Mayo, Twin Falls, testifying against. Oh, she may be in the next room or not. So while we're, we're waiting, we will uh, go to Daniel Murphy in person from Boise against. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. We need to get set up first. Okay. If you would just introduce yourself when you're ready, sir. Okay. Um, thank you, Chairman and Committee. Um, at first, I was in support of the Convention of States Article 5 because I have seen over the decades how many legislators across America and even in the state of Idaho do not adhere to the Constitution to the T. Um, many think that because the uh, societal changes over the centuries, the Constitution is a living document. As we know, the U.S. Constitution has been amended many times. Reigning in legislators who have fallen off the constitutional wagon seems to be a great idea at first. Supporters say COS says that it is a peaceful way to take back our government uh, that has run amok and that is up to the people to reign in government pertaining to various issues. And truthfully, that sounds fine and dandy. There, are, there always seems to be however, howevers. Both Republican and Democrats have their own agendas for calling in Article 5. And that is, I think, where one of the problems lies. From reading up on the issues, there is nothing in Article 5 that limits the agendas by both parties or states. My other concerns are who decides who the state delegates are, who elects them, and how much infighting will there be during the process. As it was, many were not too happy with the way the three Idaho uh, redistricting delegates carved up the legislative uh, districts. Will the more uh, populated blue states uh, take charge of the COS and attempt to remove some of their inalienable rights. I have heard other states have different issues, languages, and goals that than what Idaho may have. Will big money play a big part in the politics of Article 5 and get their meat hooks into the convention? What about the street protesters who tend not to mind their P's and Q's in many instances? In closing, I have read where states uh, uh, COS delegates may be unelected and unaccountable uh, and hence not be beholden to their states. So I'm uh, hoping that um, the committee um, casts a no vote. Thank you, sir. Committee, any questions? Seeing none. Thank you, Mr. Murphy, appreciate it. Did uh, 
Gloria Mayo ever show? Okay, great. Ma'am, if you'd just like to introduce yourself and have two minutes for your testimony. Thank you. My name is Gloria Mayo, and I live in Twin Falls. And I had not intended to speak today, but I just have a little message here that I'm going to read. Um, what would a convention look like today? Who chooses the delegates? What kind of delegates will they choose? Will lobbyists have any interest in the convention? Will the convention be live streamed or private? If live, will delegates be threatened or doxed? Will Antifa, BLM, etc., have any interest in the convention? Will there be protests and violence or will it be peaceful? If there just happened to be a mass shooting near the time of the convention, would that be used to influence the convention? Will the media try to manipulate public opinion? Would Russia, China, or the United Nations have any interest in the convention? So I would just um, encourage people to really think very seriously about these questions. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Committee, any questions? Thank you for your testimony, ma'am. Next, we go to Mr. John Green from STAR testifying for. If you would introduce yourself, sir, and you have two minutes. Certainly. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and members of the committee for giving me a chance to speak. My name is John Green. Uh, I live in Star, Idaho. I'm a retired engineer and a volunteer with the Convention of States movement. I have two grandchildren and I'm getting increasingly concerned about the America that we're leaving behind for them. Our federal government is clearly out of control. We've amassed $34 trillion in federal debt. Just to put that in context, that's enough $100 bills to reach to the moon and back 68 times. It's almost an unimaginable number. And my grandkids are gonna be stuck with the debt for all of that. They'll be paying interest into per perpetuity on all that. Our Department of Justice is attacking our rights of speech, religion, due process and property. And at the same time, our federal government is empowering terrorists with funding and weaponry while we're also leaving our borders open to threats. Our elected federal officials seem powerless to stop any of this. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not prone to hyperbole, but I think that a crisis is approaching our country. Concerned Americans have spent decades trying to turn this ship electorally. It hasn't worked. I think it's time that we try something different, a constitutional remedy. You're our last defense against an overreaching federal government. Our founders understood the possibility of the crisis we're approaching, and they gave you the means to provide the, to, to hold the federal government accountable. The late Justice Scalia is often misquoted. He, in fact, was against the Constitutional Convention, but he was very much in favor of a convention of states, and he understood the difference. I ask that you approve SCR 112 so that we can peacefully and constitutionally redirect this ship. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, sir. Committee, any questions? Seeing none, thank you for your testimony, sir. Next, we go to Rona Lee Linsenman from Napa testifying against. 
you'd introduce yourself, ma'am. You have two minutes. My name is Ronna Lee. And oh my gosh, in the old days, we used to get three minutes. And so I didn't plan properly. Linzenman, and I do live in Nampa. Uh, and I want to start by saying that there have been accusations that George Soros and a lot of the globalists aren't involved in any of this. The Young Turks, the Wolf Pack in California, they got uh, them persuaded to the gun control. They also got Vermont to go for a part of their version of a constitutional convention. And George Soros, in his book, The Age of Fallibility, he said that the United States has set the agenda for the world. They're setting the wrong agenda. The global problems, which solutions require international cooperation, and we don't do that. So changing the attitude and policies of the United States remains my top priority, says George Soros. If you think he is not going to be messed up in the middle of all this, I, I wish you'd change your mind. Uh, and in the Article 5 book, it says there is no risk, but that same author, Rob Nettleson, uh, he also wrote a book called Amending the Constitution by Convention. And in that book, it's quoted as saying, of course, abuses of the Article 5 amendment process are possible. And the possibility must be viewed against the clear and present danger to individual rights and the freedoms of doing nothing. So doing nothing is the mantra of the Art Article 5 gang. What are we going to do? We can't do nothing. Well... I say there's what there is things you can do, but and I was also concerned about the tone, the language, and some of what they did. Um, Mr. Santorum, in one, there's an audio video or an audio on Business Insider July 2022, and in there he goes with a How dare you? How dare you not ma try, ma'am? If you could please refrain from any personal. Negative oh, okay. information well, towards he anybody. was in the audio. Sorry, I didn't know he was in That's the right. audio, and so I won't. Okay, well, anyway, so there are quotes, and I would provide that audio to you so that you could go listen to it. It is very interesting, and conventions can get messed up. Ask the people at the 2014 okay. Republican convention. Well, thank you for your How testimony, ma'am. Any questions, committee? Seeing none. Thank you. You're very welcome. Next up is uh, Dee Dee Glazer, Glasser, from testifying in person from Meridian and testifying for. If you could introduce yourself, ma'am, and you have two minutes. Sure. Uh, my name is Dee Dee Glazer. I live in Meridian, District 20. I'm a COS volunteer activist, and I would like to thank uh, Mr. Chairman and members of the committee for letting me speak today. In my lifetime, circumstances and events have never made it more clear that the states that form our country must now lead our country. It's time for Idaho to join 19 other states in passing S. CR 112 for a convention of states as granted to us by our founders in Article 5 of the Constitution of the United States of America. It is Idaho's duty to lead the United States out of our unsustainable debt crisis 
our regulatory paralysis and subsequent attacks on state sovereignty. The federal government and its ever-expanding bureaucracy sustain problems for its very existence. It is time for the states to form solutions in a convention of states. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Any questions, committee? Seeing none, we'll move to Dale Pierce from Nampa testifying against. If you could introduce yourself to the committee, sir, and you'll have two minutes. Mr. Chairman, members of the committee, I am Dale Pierce from Nampa, Idaho. In 1948, Senator Glenn Taylor, U.S. Senator from the great state of Idaho, submitted a resolution to Congress. He called, he called this resolution the primary draft of the world constitution. It reads, we would have to sacrifice considerable sovereignty to the world organization to enable them to levy their taxes to their own right to support themselves. Iniquity and war inseparably spring from the competitive anarchy of the nation states. Therefore, the age of nations must end and surrender their arms to the new federal republic of the, wor of the world. We cannot perceive what evil looks in the hearts of men. We do not have to give them the opportunity in a constitutional convention to act on it. There is nothing in Article 5 that allows the states to impose any limitations over their convention delegates. It is Congress who shall propose amendments to the Constitution. And that means people like Nancy and Mitch and some of those others. <clears throat> Hawaii submitted a resolution to Congress to remove our Second Amendment from the Constitution. They didn't realize that the first sentence in the Bill of Rights reads, Congress shall make no law respecting or prohibiting the rights of the right to carry and, and keep arms, that those rights shall not be infringed. America's Constitution has weathered every storm, endured every depredation, and uh, she is our safe haven in this storm, never faltering and forever prevailing. Our elected and appointed officials should be true to their oath to defend and protect our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But poet Dylan Thomas menished, do not go gently into the night, rage, rage, rage against the dying of the light. And I say to you, do not go gently into this constitutional convention. Time Thank you, has sir. expired. Appreciate your testimony. Committee, any questions? Seeing none, thank you very much. Uh, folks, in about five minutes, we're gonna have to terminate the, uh, the, the testimony. Uh, that'll give the committee a little bit of time to deliberate and entertain any motions. So we're down to just about the last person here. Okay. Okay. What's your name, sir? Would you like to come up and testify? Be my guest, sir. You, my name is Walter Donovan. I'm a retired Brigadier General U.S. Marine Corps, where I was the senior lawyer in my last few years. And then a prosecutor for 12 years. I'm in Boise 27 years in District 16. <clears throat> I speak in opposition. I submitted uh, three documents Madam Secretary has 
32 possible rural issues that should be addressed. How about Guam? How about Puerto Rico? I've submitted possible 13 amendments that might be addressed. Main problem here is limiting. It, it's almost like the proponents who are pushing for this thing, they're treating this like a neighborhood picnic where they decide hot dogs, no hamburgers. The convention is a convention of all the states. Even if three quarters of the delegates agree to address only these three areas, how about the 25%? You better accommodate them, be patient. It would be prolonged. And there's a potential of violence because a society has dramatically declined since the days of Eisenhower. Violence, violence, disrespect, people who don't think they have to respect for anything. Thank you for listening. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Okay, we have time for one more testifying for the Joanne Maycomber in person from Eagle. If you'd come up and introduce yourself, ma'am, and you can have two minutes. Mr. Chairman, may I ask a question? How many more uh, people are signed up to testify? I have to do a quick count here. I've got eight on the computer. I don't know how many of those are here. Anybody in the crowd? Eight, nine, ten, nine, Mr. Twelve. Chairman, I'd like to make a motion that we hold this in committee for one uh, till our next meeting and that we allow more testimony at our next meeting and then we deliberate at our next meeting on this uh, on this measure. Okay, can you hold that motion until after we get our last? Thank you, Senator. Please introduce yourself and go ahead, ma'am. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and members of the committee. Thank you for allowing me to speak and thank you for your service to Idaho. My name is Joanne Maycumber and I live in District 14 Eagle. I am a mother of four and grandmother of four. I am here speaking on behalf of my family and am one of the millions of baby boomers essentially responsible for the hundreds of thousands of dollars that my entire family will have to pay in the future due to my inattention. According to our forefathers, James Madison and James Wilson, we are thieves because we have not paid off our debt in violation of Article 1, Sections 8 and 10 of the U.S. Constitution. Our forefathers debated and decided the exact powers of Congress and defined those few powers that Congress has, leaving the many other powers to the states. The General Welfare Clause has become a loophole for Congress to benefit individuals at the deficit of everyone else, including the states, and has been used to basically bankrupt our country. In 1999, we came one vote short of a balanced budget, and now we are at that point that a balanced budget is impossible in the short run, but being fiscally responsible is still possible to eventually balance the budget in the long run for our children and grandchildren. I am here to ask you to support an Article 5 Convention of States which will tell Congress that we are not supportive of their overspending and overreaching actions and require them to return states' rights to the states and limit federal in involvement in areas for which they are not authorized. In that way, we can eventually balance the budget and bring sanity back to the United States. It is such a time as this that you are asked and being called on to take historic action. You will be remembered as changing the trajectory of this country as this effort gains traction. Thank you for your consideration of this historic resolution. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate your testimony. 
Uh, Senator Hart, go ahead with your motion, please. Okay, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion that we hold this in committee until our next meeting and that at our next meeting, if the public wants to weigh in and testify more and people sign up that we, we uh, have more testimony at our next meeting. Okay, committee, do we have a second? Seeing, seeing none, the motion dies for lack of a second. Okay, folks, um, unfortunately, we are out of time. We have time left for Senator Lakey to give his closing remarks. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, committee members. I'll, I'll try to be brief, knowing we have limited time. Again, Todd Lakey, State Senator from District 23. Um, senators, there was question about how the delegation would be selected. And again, this is a state process. This goes around Congress. State, the states get to decide how their delegations are selected. And I, I again, I, I think it will be such that we have both bodies approving that. But that's something that we will address as a legislature and make that decision on how our delegation is selected. And that decision would be approved by both bodies. We also have the ability to put um, the limits on our delegation and call our delegation back if, or a member of the delegation back if they're not following the directives from the legislature. We can incorporate that into our instructions to the delegation. <clears throat> there was discussion about unity and disunity, senators. Two thirds of the states agreeing on three topics. That's a very large degree of unity. Three fourths of the states agreeing on a potential amendment or amendments to the constitution. That is a very great degree of unity that would be demonstrated in our state and in our nation. The founders were very familiar with the convention process. That's why they put this into Article 5. They understand that groups, delegates from different states meet, they set their rules, they address the issue that's before them. Um, it's correct that an Article 5 hasn't been called, but there's been conventions for other purposes, convention of states for other purposes, which is different than a constitutional convention uh, compared to um, some of the comments that you heard today, but they had experience with it. They're familiar with it. And it worked similarly to the simulation that I went to. It functioned like a legislature. There were questions about who's pushing this. Um, senators, the grassroots folks are pushing this. That's what you heard. Um, that's what this convention of states group is about, the grassroots. Senators, I would say that Congress has demonstrated their inability as a collective group to rein themselves in. I love our senators that we have in Idaho, but there's an entire Senate and an entire Congress um, that has to rein itself in. And when they're not doing it, which is what we have now, the states have the ability to call this convention one vote, one state one vote, one state. We have the ability to affect change in that manner, not multiple congressional representatives from California. Senators, I'll conclude with this. Um, I know that both sides of this issue have deep respect for our constitution. That's clear today. But our founding fathers were blessed and they were inspired in putting Article 5 into our constitution. They foresaw the situation that we face today. And our constitution provides us as a state to exercise that right and propose amendments to our constitution in these three areas as we see fit. 
two-thirds of the states will have to agree on that call. And in my experience, those two-thirds of the states hold one another accountable. And then again, the backstop is the three-fourths ratification. Senators, no action is not a solution. Time has proven that. There's value in planting the flag of a state's rights in the ground and calling a convention. That'll have an impact on Congress. But the real value is to hold the convention to propose amendments that are considered for ratification by three-fourths of the states. I'd ask for your support in this resolution. And thank you, Mr. Chairman. That concludes my testimony. Thank you, Senator. Uh, committee, the chair will entertain discussions and or motions. Senator Ricks. <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, thank you, Senator Lakey. I appreciate the, the comments, the robustness. I um, appreciate everybody being here and, and uh, providing input on this. Uh, this is a, um, an issue that brings a lot of people out. Everybody seems concerned about the spending happening on the federal level. Um, we just have different ways of looking about it. What's the solution? Um, you know, I would be happy to uh, elect um, uh, senators and, and, and congressmen that would rein themselves in, but I don't think they will. And I've been uh, hearing about this issue in the legislature for six years. I've been on both sides of the issue, but I do believe that, uh, you know, the states have created the uh, federal government uh, we've authorized the federal government. We've allowed them to do this thing. And I think we have to step up and rein them in. And so I do make a motion that we send uh, SCR 112 to the floor with a due pass recommendation. Who was that on the second? Senator Hartgen. So we have a motion from Senator Ricks, a second from Senator Hartgen to send SCR 112 to the floor of the Senate with a due pass. Any discussion? All right. Oh, sorry, I didn't see a Senator Wintrell. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I think I would disappoint if I didn't have a comment. Um, I really appreciate everyone coming here today. And um, it felt really good to walk in and shake hands with someone that I find myself on opposite sides of. And it demonstrated to me that we must find shared interests. And in, as we find shared interests as a country, to try to then see each other as people, not as objects, and try to do what is best for our country. And I, I will try as I go forward to hold that spirit with me. Uh, we are human. We get sucked into different um, maybe communities and philosophies, uh, but I, I do appreciate that. That was the best part of my committee today. The most troubling thing, I think, was some statements made about the inability to compromise. And I do think there are some things that we do plan a flag about, like I'll never come off my value of protecting human rights. And it's hard for me to come off of that. <laughs> but there are many things I'll compromise on. And especially being in a minority, I have to. And I would hope that as a spirit, as a country, we could find some ways to find that compromise and see each other's people and, again, work toward what's best for all of us and not just some of us. Um, 
I appreciate your indulgence with that comment, Mr. Chair. I still, I think for me in, a, in this state, I won't see my interests represented and that's really tough for me. And I am concerned about the lack of trust that we have at this time. But I would also say the federal government is not the only, we, the state is not immune um, when it comes to some of the things that we've talked about today. We've seen ballot initiatives here that we've resisted as a government. So I would suggest that we all need to think about these things. Um, and again, I will, I really appreciate the diversity of thought in the room today, and I will try to carry that with me as I go forward. Thank you, Senator. Any further discussion? Okay. Seeing none, the chair will ask our good secretary to initiate a roll call vote at this time. Okay, the motion carries, and SCR 112 will be sent to the floor of the Senate with a due pass recommendation. Everybody, thank you for your testimony. Thank you for your interest and for, for showing up today. The committee is adjourned. And rules committee in consideration of Article 5 Convention of States legislation referred to as SCR 112. And if you uh, were just listening, the committee did pass it to go to a full floor vote. I didn't catch the exact number, but I heard five votes uh, for yes. Uh, we'll get uh, clarity in just a few minutes um, from Craftsman Zamanik, uh, who is going to give us an update on uh, on what's what went what went down in that committee hearing. And we also have, uh, I believe, Deanna Beckett as well. So I want to go over to both of you real quick. Uh, and Catherine, we'll, we'll go to you first. Uh, how are you feeling uh, with that vote? And can, did you happen to catch the what what the vote was? I didn't. I think it was 5-4, but maybe Deanna can clarify. I couldn't hear either. So excited for the Idaho team. It's This has been seven years that they've been waiting for another hearing. So I am so proud of this team. I am so proud of our sponsor, Senator Lakey. He did a fantastic job. And um, I'm just, you know, going forward, we're confident that we can get this to the floor of the Senate and get it done. Deanna, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts too. Uh, how do you feel with this vote um, now that it's going on to the full floor? And what can you say about the grassroots? We are excited. You can probably hear my slack blowing up, all the ticking and dinging, and everybody's congratulating Idaho. Uh, the team has worked very hard. Just their testimony alone, they've been practicing for three weeks. And uh, it's just great to see the professionalism. Uh, the training that we gave them, that they took upon themselves, and uh, where they're going forward is uh, expecting, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm prayerfully expecting a yes vote on the floor and then on to House Committee so that we can uh, continue this amazing testimony. And I want to field you one more question related to the testimony because as I was watching, I noticed that our supporters, they were polite, they were measured, and they... Uh, seem to be in uh, districts that uh, were uh, covered by the, the committee members. Uh, I also noticed that they, they kept referring to the uh, concerns they have about where the country is headed, the runaway debt, career politicians, overreach from the federal government. Each one continued to drive home their concern and how this is the solution. 
Now, on the other side of the coin, our opposition, they kept pointing to the concerns they had about rules, concerns they had about delegate selection, all of these concerns about rules and process. And they seem to completely just sidestep all of the uh, problems that are that are happening right now in our country with with debt and spending and and so many other things. Uh, I mean, can you just comment a little bit further on the all the time that went into preparing this testimony? Because it seemed to go very, very well for our our supporters. And they just seemed so professional. Absolutely. They were uh, happy warriors. And uh, like I said, weeks of practice. They, I believe they watched the Massachusetts testimony, the Ohio testimony, and we broke it down step by step, all the nuts and bolts. And uh, with a little bit of Toastmasters expertise, uh, got them practicing. We read it out loud three weeks in a row, late nights on Zooms together. And it was strategic. There was um, absolute plans on on the order. Of course, I believe it was done in alphabetical order, but uh, there was a strategy involved in uh, who was covering what, and uh, you know the strongest testimony. And of course, uh, speaking to the um, constituents in those committee members' districts. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, Catherine. Um, something that. Uh, Something that I thought was really interesting is in the opening remarks, Senator Lakey, who's our primary sponsor, he had talked about going to the simulated convention in historic colonial Williamsburg back um, last year in the summer of last year. Uh, it was he, he had said that it, the convention was familiar to him because it ran like a legislature. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about our primary sponsor and just um, uh how he was able, I think, to effectively cut off the opposition by saying, because he, he, he had to have known that that was going to be an issue that was brought up, that there there doesn't seem to be rules, the process is, is murky and all of those things, which is not true, but that is what our opposition says. But he went around that in the very beginning by saying that he, when he went to the simulated convention, he felt that it was a familiar process. Can you tell us a little bit about um, uh, Senator Lakey, our primary sponsor? Well, first, let me say that our folks on our side know what the opposition is going to say. So there are really no surprises. We we prepare to answer those questions and that's exactly what Senator Lakey did. But I also think that his experience at the simulated convention really solidified for him that this process can work. He, he was passionate about uh, Article 5 and the Convention of States Movement. As he mentioned, he was more of a balanced budget guy in the beginning, but he recognizes now that it's going to take more than the balanced budget and that it is a structural problem. Uh, I got to observe Senator Lakey at the the simulated convention. He was asking questions of his colleagues there. Um, he, He was a leader. You know, he worked on the subcommittee to get the fiscal restraints. So he really saw the process in action. And I think that for him, it was like the light bulb went off. Wow, this can work. We can do this. And so ever since then, he's just been a strong supporter working with his colleagues to help them to understand. And, you know, it hasn't been easy in Idaho. Um, we understand uh, who the our opposition is. We heard it, right? We heard the folks um, both on the progressive side, and then also on the um, the John Birch side, standing together on this. And mm-hmm. um, 
it, it's all about education. So once, like Rick Santorum did, once you get yourself educated, that's exactly what Todd Lakey did. He educated himself on how this works, and now he's a true champion for us. Mm -hmm. Deanna, uh, were there any moments that stood out to you during the debate? I enjoyed, I wrote down a couple of notes from Senator Santorum, and I liked how he mentioned that Washington needs to be held accountable. So in his rough voice, he still came through with passion. And Washington needs your help. He was talking to the legislators. I liked how he um, was pleading with them and um, encouraging them to take their rightful place. And in addition to Senator Santorum's um, speaking was also um, mentioned um, that we are sovereign states and the states that form our country must lead our country. And one of the questions was, who is leading this? That was came from the opposition. Who is leading this? Well, it's the grassroots. And I was even watching the feed in, in the uh, Rumble uh, live feed and the grassroots are running this. There's some uh, some of the people that were mentioning in the feed that they are been on, have been on board for 10 years. And I appreciate all of their service. And uh, we keep we keep the fight up. Mm -hmm. uh, Catherine, what, what's what's next for uh, what's next in this process that we just passed in the Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee? Where, where do we go next? Well, we, we do move to the full Senate for floor vote. We also anticipate that we have a lot of support on the House side, and we've got a, a great sponsor over there, and I'm hearing the number of co-sponsors is growing every single day. I think this committee hearing will only help with that. Uh, they will see that the Senate has the courage to do this. The House will get on board as well, so mm -hmm. things are looking very positive for Idaho. Mm -hmm. Well, things have been been very positive this in uh, this entire legislative session so far. There was a recent victory in Iowa. Uh, there was uh, passed uh, um, the full full committee in Iowa. Now passed in Idaho uh, out of the committee. Um, it seems like there is momentum building across the nation for convention of states. Uh, what is your what is your call to action, Catherine, to people in your region, also people in, in, in Idaho? What's your call to action? And then, Deanna, I'll get the same, I'll build the same question to you. That is such a great question. And thank you so much for asking. So right now I have three really hot states, um, Ohio, Iowa, and Idaho. And if you live in one of those states, please go to conventionofstates.com and take action. The team will be waiting for you. They will call you. They will get you started. So if you aren't yet on one of those teams, please reach out and they'll be happy to get you connected, whether you want to be a volunteer activist, a district captain, whatever it is that the, any way you can serve the needs of that team, they are waiting for you to click that button and join the team. Tiana, same question to you. Same questions, almost the same answer. I don't have as many active states as Catherine, but we've got a couple active states uh, right next door to each other. So Idaho is the um, the, the forward front runner and uh, Wyoming, their neighbor, has uh, filed both in the Senate and the House. They are uh, pushing forward leadership in uh, both the House and the Senate, want to bring this forward and uh, they are um, active. So yes, go to conventionofstates.com, get involved with the team, uh, take action. Uh, sign the petition and get involved. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we are blessed to have two wonderful regional directors who are helping out the Idaho team, who are forwarding the movement and who are 
really just uh, 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 happy warriors in the fight for liberty. So thank you both. Thank you to both of you for, for joining me and for uh, spearheading this in Idaho. We are all going to be praying that this will uh, be successful on the floor. And then, of course, that Idaho will then uh, be one of the states to pass this year. And can Thank I so add much. one more thing about of Senator Santorum? I just want to give a, a big thank you to Senator Santorum for his work out in Idaho. Talk about a happy warrior. He has worked so hard out there. And, you know, when I heard he had laryngitis today, I just got on my knees to pray that he would have a voice. But there's there's just so much credit that goes to him and, and working with these legislators out there. So uh, bravo, Senator Santorum. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. COS is so blessed to have a happy warrior like Senator Santorum. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with both of you and congratulations to both of you as well. We'll see you uh, out uh, uh, again uh, as we go forward in the fight for liberty. Excellent. Uh, thank you. Thank Thanks, you to our Andrew. viewers. We're going to sign off. You've been watching a committee hearing in Idaho, a hearing in the Senate Rules and Judiciary Committee, and they passed our resolution SCR 112 uh, out of committee, and it now goes to the Senate floor. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We got a country to save. So if you have not joined the fight yet, go to conventionofstates.com, click on the Take Action page, get involved in this fight. This is a noble fight and we need patriots just like you on the front line. So go to conventionofstates.com, click the Take Action page. Well, friends, we have a country to save, so it's time for us to get back to work. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's program. For information, please visit www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod. That's www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod.